It says unfair advantage, Luke 4, 16 to 18. Because the Spirit of God is within us, amen? Because we're born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed. Because Jesus, amen, is at the right hand of the Father as our intercessor and mediator. We have the upper hand, not the devil. But in the time of trial, in the time where, man, things are just looking crazy at times, amen, it doesn't seem like that. Sometimes you feel disconnected. Sometimes it doesn't seem like things are working. But that's why we walk by faith, amen? We walk by faith because on the inside we know we're connected, amen? 1 Corinthians 6.17 said, He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We have the upper hand. And we're looking at this, while God's bringing forth this message, the spirit of fire, so we can understand. We are born of fire. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit and fire lives within us. And we're going to look at the, right in Jeremiah 23, 29 today. The word of God is fire. It's the spirit of God is fire. And how to enter in to really practically applying that. Amen? Glory to God. So I'm excited about this. Just a recap. I, I've said this uh, every time we've done this uh, series. Then uh, it came through a prophetic uh, word that Terry had, Terry Smith had, and then I had a prophetic word. He had one. We went back and forth. And God spoke very strongly regarding the spirit of fire. Glory to God. And we talked uh, last Sunday the fire of his love. Amen? Glory to God. But we want to enter into a place where we just don't hear words. It's the, it's, it's the meaning that you associate the words with. Amen? Someone says, yeah, God is fire. What's that mean? Does it mean a little flame above your head? What's it, what do you think of? Amen? When you hear the fire of God, amen, is within you. What does it mean when the Bible talks about you being aglow with the Spirit, fervent in spirit, in the book of Romans, Romans 12, about you being on fire. What's it mean? Someone says, yeah, I, I get it. It's like a, you know, a little fire over your head type of deal or something in the spirit realm. No. It's so much more than that. Because it's God himself. Hebrews 12, 29, one of our main proof texts. God Almighty is a consuming fire. Amen? He can and will consume that which comes against us. First and foremost, by the word of God, confirmed by Holy Spirit. The word is fire. Holy Spirit is fire. And it will burn up that which we cannot get rid of. Amen? And we're going to look at that today. It might be a little challenging. It might be a familiar sin. It might be a difficulty in forgiving. It might be, a, man, something that's just come down through your bloodline and you're having a hard time breaking. But it is broken. In regards to sickness, whatever it is, God is a consuming fire. He consumes that which would bring hurt to you. On the inside, through the inside, through your spirit first, and on the outside, through the angels of God. Angels, Psalm 103, Psalm 104. Angels consist of fire. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Malachi 4.2 we shared this many, many times, but we're going to look at it again. It's just so powerful. 
this is a, a last day's word. Obviously, it's one of the last scriptures in the Old Testament, right before Matthew's Malachi. And it talks about God as the S-U-N of righteousness. A lot of time when you see the word light, when you see the, uh, you know, it, it really, it's, it's synonymous with fire. Glory to God. Well, let's look at Malachi 4, start with verse 1. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as a fire, as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble in the day that comes, that cometh, I shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. You always say about. And I will not leave them, neither root nor branch. It means that God is not mocked. He will destroy that which would bring harm to you. Glory to God. Whether it's ourselves bringing harm through receiving condemnation or it's through others that would try to have leverage over us. I'm going to tell you something. People get off on controlling others. They get off on having leverage over others. And I'll tell you what. You cannot let anyone have leverage over you in the sense of someone trying to control you in the sense that, how do I want to say this? Man, it might be the a kid on drugs trying to influence your, your son, your daughter, your grandson, your granddaughter. I tell you what, you take authority over it. That needs to be consumed. That needs to be bound. Whatever it is, glory to God. There are, there's false fire. Amen? You see divination working against one of your kids. Looks like God. They think it's God, but it's not God. Amen? You need to receive that consumed in Jesus' name. Amen? Glory to God. But I love this. It says, they, the enemy, uh, those, those who fear my name, shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. You're going to have great joy. You shall tread down the wicked. They shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in a day that I do this. Glory to God. Mm. God, in the spirit realm, I believe in these last days is speaking confrontation. Not in the sense that you do something foolish, but in the sense when somebody is trying to tell you who you are and label you wrongly, you got to stand up. Whether it's a demon, whether it's a demon through somebody, whether it's a, through a, a demon trying to define you by a mistake you made. And I tell you what, we need to speak. Man, we need to speak. So many are in deception right now in regards to there not being any right or wrong. I tell you, we need to speak to it. We need to speak to it. Amen? Man, I was witnessing a while ago to a guy and a girl, college students. Man, they, their minds are brainwashed. Really, they, they've never gone to church. They're both from the uh, Pittsburgh area, city. And I started talking to them about Jesus, you know, love of God, and, you know, about sin. They said, what's sin? But they were serious. They weren't mocking me. I said, what's sin? I said, it's when you do wrong. You know, it's this, it's this, it's this. The biggest sin is not accepting Jesus because you want to just do your own thing. And they're like, we don't believe in sin. And I said, where'd you get that at? They said, well, most of all from our professors and, and this and that. And I said, here's the deal. I, I just shared in love. I did. And, and, but I said, here's the deal. But you got to break that. What's in you, 
will consume that. Amen? It can consume the lie. Glory to God and impart life. Amen? Glory. See, this is amen. All right. So there's so much here. False fire. We talked a lot about lust. The natural lust in the sense of, you know, for, you know, money for position for this or that, that. That's not God. You know what I'm saying? And we talked about the real fire of God. Amen. All right. So let's look right now. We're going to enter into, again, the wisdom of how to translate this into everyday life. Okay? And we'll, we'll just see, you know, we'll see how far we get. Glory to God. All right. Wisdom's a key. You know, we read in Ephesians 1.16 how God will give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. A lot of people quote that verse and say, God's given us the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him, right? What is the hope of our calling? How much he loves us? You know, the, the whole deal and, the, you know, the power of God towards us who believe. But it's wisdom and revelation. You can have revelation and even be empowered. But if you don't know how to translate it, it's not going to work. Wisdom is where to get truth. And then wisdom is how to apply truth. Amen? Wisdom is a principal thing. Again, you can be empowered, but if you don't know how to stand, and we're going to look at this today in the context of fire, and it's not going to do you any good. I shared this before, and I'll share it again. I don't know, but but it's a kind of humorous, but there was a lady, there's three sons, lady had three sons, and it was her birthday. And they all wanted to impress her. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they were just trying to outdo one another. You know what I'm saying? And this uh, one guy, he got, he, he got a maid for his mom to take care of the house to come in like three times a week. He said, man, what a birthday present, right? You have a maid that comes in the house, takes care of things for you. She was older. And she said, yeah, that's awesome. And then another guy, I mean, he bought her this ring very expensive ring, you know what I'm saying? And, and he's like, she's like, well, that's great. Now, the other son, he went all out. He bought this, this bird. I mean, it spoke seven different languages. I mean, this bird, it, it, I mean, it cost unbelievable amount of money. You know what I'm saying? So he's excited. He calls her up. And he says, Mom, I, I know that, you know, my one brother did this, other brother, but come on. What do you think of this bird? And she said, it was delicious. All right. You've got to know, amen? You've got to know what something involves and how to use it. Amen? Psalm 119, 130 says the entrance of his word gives light. Amen? And that's awesome to get light on a scripture. But so many people get the light on a scripture, revelation, but... They get excited about it, they see it, but then the enemy douses what they've seen with, because it doesn't come to pass right away, and they don't know how to stand. What you see in the Word should bring expectation for what you see to come to pass. You could quote the right verse at the right time, but if you don't believe it's going to come to pass, it's not going to work. It's according to your faith, and earnest expectation. Glory to Jesus. All right. So let's get into this straight up, all right? Jeremiah 23, 29. 
Let's talk about the word of fire. God says, my word, Jeremiah 23, 29, it's fire. Now, Jeremiah, man, he was a prophet. He endured quite a bit. Mm. It's not my word. It's fire. Glory to God. Jeremiah, man, was struggling because he, every time he preached, man, he ended up in prison. He, you know, man, it was a tough deal. But he said, the fire within is greater than the fire without. The fire within my heart through the word is greater than the, the fire of the enemy coming against me. And we need to know that. Amen? Glory to God. Let's look at Ephesians 6.17. We, we went over the armor of God and hallelujah. And I'm sure you have done many, spent a lot of time in your own quiet time in this. But in Ephesians 6, 17. Hallelujah, Jesus. Above all, taking the shield. Oh, let's go to 17. In the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. All right. A sword, right, is to penetrate the enemy to bring destruction to him. Notice it's the sword of Holy Spirit. It's a sword that Holy Spirit places in your mouth. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Holy Spirit is fire. Right, day of Pentecost, fire, right, enveloped them. Holy Spirit is God, consuming fire. The Word of God, see, his, his, if you get this, man, it'll change your life. It's changing mine as never before. The Holy Spirit breathed this Word, right? 2 Timothy 3.16. It's God breathed. This Word is fire. The Word is fire. Glory to God. Not just something you teach at Sunday school. Not just something you quote. It's fire. It's fire. When you, if we can only see into the spirit realm, and we can. The entrance of his word gives light. What if every time you spoke, you could see your words as fire going into the enemy and consuming him and making him ashes under your feet. Would you be excited? Every time someone had a sickness and you cursed it in the name of Jesus and you saw the fire consuming the sickness, consuming the, the things you and I are struggling with, would it make a difference? Well, God's not going to give you a vision every time you speak. But I'll tell you what, we can be that confident and in your spirit, you can know that fire is going on from you. Glory to God. You're a fire-breathing Christian. You can. You can perceive that. Fire going out. Go with me to Isaiah 11. Hallelujah. Isaiah 11, 42 and 61 
our messianic prophecies regarding Jesus. And they're so powerful. Glory to God. And Jesus spoke each of these scriptures when he walked the earth. Isaiah 11, 1 to 3. is a sevenfold spirit that was on Jesus. It's talked about in Revelation 1. Uh, uh, glory to God. Jesus alludes to it. And glory to God in Luke 4, 16 to 18. But verse 4 says this, Isaiah eleven four. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity, bring judgment for the meek, those who are in need, those who are oppressed of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. Well, it doesn't stop there. And with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Glory to God. Jesus, when he spoke to demons, they left. Why? Because when he spoke... He's speaking the word of the Father, the word of God, amen? Knowing that the word of God is fire and it's going to be confirmed by fire through Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. Can we enter into this reality? I firmly believe we can. I firmly believe that we can. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. 1 Peter 4.11 says, If a man speaks, a woman speaks, let them speak as if God was speaking through them. Someone says, well, that's arrogance. No, it's humility. Because you're saying, I need God to speak through me. Because no matter what I can say, it doesn't matter. Unless my words are the words of God. Unless my words are anointed. Unless it's God speaking through me, who cares? Amen? Whew, that's a strong verse. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Man, glory. Let's go to Acts 14 and look at some examples with this. Hallelujah. Let's go to Acts 14 and we're going to go to Acts 9. Thank you, Jesus. See, what God wants us to do is enter into a place where this is working for us. Amen? Glory to God. In Acts 14, man, they were they're persecuted, and, and uh, so they left Lystra and Derby, and there and it says uh, they went unto Lyconia, unto the region that lieth around about. And there they preached the gospel, Acts 14, 7. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet, and he leaped and walked. Now, whether this guy was a believer, or he was someone that had not accepted Christ, when he heard the word... Something changed him. So Paul is doing this. 
He's teaching and preaching. And as he's teaching, he keeps looking at the guy. Why does he keep looking at him? Because he's looking to perceive what's going on in this guy's life. What's going on in him? And he perceives the word of God going into his heart and creating an ability to believe that he's whole. Woo! Glory to God. And he perceives the man of faith to be healed. How? Through the word of God that he spoke, the words of fire. Mm. But here's, the, here's something that's heavy duty. If Paul did not let the man know that he had faith, he would have been carried out the same way he was carried in. It's possible to have faith and not perceive your faith. Because we enter into the emotional realm. We enter into the physical realm. Is it working or not in the natural? No. Fire can be perceived within your spirit. Every time we believe, there's fire. So he screams out, stand upright on thy feet. And the man stands up. Glory to God. Awesome. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. All right. Go with me to, before we get, go into Acts 9, go with me to Hebrews 4.12. We know this verse, but let's look at it in depth. It says, the word of God is alive. Woo! The word of God is alive. Jesus is fire. God is fire. The word is alive. The word is Jesus. Amen? Woo! It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the, un, to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. What's that mean? A lot of times you don't know what's in your soul and what's in your spirit. And the, and the word of God causes you to say, man, this is the soul realm. This is, you're in the a, in a natural. It's not good. And, you know, so you can see what's right and what's wrong. Pierces the joints and marrows, discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. But the word of God is quick, powerful, okay? Now, there's two words for power in the Greek. It's like when Jesus said power will come upon you. That's dudamus, right? Dudamus is the derivative of the word dynamite. This word here is the Greek word energesis, where we get the word energy from. In the Greek, it means, you, you, it's, it's real simple to look it up. You can look it up in Strong's Concordance, whatever. Bond's Dictionary of New Testament Words. It means that which is atomic. You know, that, an atomic bomb, because, you know, the atom splits, right? It causes fire. It causes a reaction, right? Atomic reaction. The word of God is powerful. We need to know that our words are producing. Holy Spirit is confirming these words. These words touch Father's heart. Holy Spirit manifests the words we speak. Glory to God. All right, go with me to Acts 9, if you would. I know there's a lot here, but we'll see how far we get. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 9. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Okay. Acts 9.32. 9.32. And it came to pass as Peter passed throughout all quarters. He came down also to the saints which dwell at Lydia. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. He's basically paralyzed. Eight years. It's a long time. And Peter said unto him, mm, Jesus Christ makes thee whole. Arise and make thy bed. And he arose immediately. These words went into him. They, they, they produced an ability to do what in the natural was impossible. Jesus Christ makes you whole. Rise and take your bed. Does that sound familiar? How many times did Jesus do that? See, what he's doing is speaking of the only one that could make us whole, Jesus. And he's speaking the way that Jesus spoke. Glory to God. Someone says, who are you to, to, to speak the way that Jesus spoke? Well, in the natural, we're nobody. But in the spirit, as a child of God, whoo, it's our, man, it's our identity. It's our inheritance. We are joint heirs with Jesus because of what he's done. Grace for grace. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You go down a little bit further. Same chapter. Hmm. Let's start with verse 36. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works, alms deeds, which she did. It came to pass in these days that she was sick, she died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lydia was not at Joppa, the disciples had heard that Peter was there. He wasn't there by coincidence. Amen? The man that they had faith in, the man that was discipling them, the man that they knew, right, was doing all kind of miracles, was very shadow, was healing the sick. It wasn't a coincidence he was there. It's not a coincidence that you're where you are. Amen? Sometimes we don't like to be where we are. Now, I shared that story a few years ago. Man, I think it was... Uh, and April, when I took my tractor out to mow the grass, uh, and, uh, you know, first time. So I uh, brought up the tractor, and then, uh, well, I didn't, the battery didn't work. So I brought my car, right, to jump it, and I got stuck. My, you know, I didn't realize it was that soft in my car. So, and then I got, in the, I got in the flesh, I, and I got it, man, it was really sunk. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, like, what is up with this? Long story short, I called a tow truck. And when the tow truck driver came, God said, minister the gospel to him. Now, did God cause it? I'm not saying. All I know is this. I was in that situation I did not like. But you know what? God said, share the gospel with the tow truck driver. Mm. I didn't like the situation I was in. But you know what? Glory to God. You take advantage of the situation you're in. Amen? 
You're not there by coincidence. Glory to God. So Peter just happened to be there. You just happened to be there at Walmart when someone goes into a seizure. You just happened to be walking down the street while, man, someone just, their heart gives out. You just happened to be there when someone is ready to get in a fight with somebody else, and God says, be a peacemaker. You just happened to be there. Amen? Glory to God. All right. So Peter arose and went with them, and it was come, they brought him to an upper chamber. All the widows stood by weeping, showing the coats and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put them all out, kneeled down and prayed, and turning to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And when she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand, lifted her up, and when he called the saints, presented her alive. Does this remind you of something? Lazarus, come forth. Little girl, I say unto you, arise. Amen? Guys, here's the deal. Your spirit is born again. It's in the image of Jesus by grace and mercy. It's a spirit that believes that Jesus will do today what he did 2,000 years ago. And when you speak, arise. It's the same Jesus that causes that person to rise. But the bottom line is this. It's the same Jesus that's speaking today, but he's speaking through you. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. You got the same words he's speaking. He got the same words he spoke 2,000 years ago in your mouth and in your heart. It's him speaking today through you. Glory to Jesus. Mm. Man, I was going to get into, we're not going to have time to get into the second part, the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit and fire, but let's continue on this one. I'm reminded, uh, glory to God, mm, Jesus. Oh, we just give you praise. Sharon, Sharon knows this guy, Mark Geppert. He was helping disciple me years ago, or ordained from the same church. And he's done a lot in the mission field. I mean, Southeast Asian person. And long story short, this is years ago. I uh, was a younger Christian. And I had the privilege to pray for somebody. They had a, a large tumor in their pancreas. It was life-threatening. And the tumor disappeared. It was about the size of a small volleyball. And uh, so we are meeting at Eaton Park in Tarentum, where the church was at that time. And uh, in Tarentum. And I had heard that he had raised his, the Lord had used him to raise this guy from the dead in Guatemala. So I shared with him. He said, what's going on? I shared with him, you know, I said, good things are going on. Share with him about that lady and the tumor disappearing. And, and uh, Eaton Park was very crowded. And I just said very loud to get everyone's attention. You know, I was younger back then. I, I guess it's a good thing to do now. I said, tell me, real loud, tell me about that guy you raised from the dead in Guatemala. Well, everybody's listening now, right? For real. So uh, he said, here's the deal. 
He said, it's kind of a funny story. I said, well, I don't know how funny it is someone got raised from the dead. I've shared this before. It bears repetition in this context. So he went to the hill country of Guatemala where most people don't go. And he was, they were doing church planting, real simple. They had a tracks. They were trying to find somebody to read to the village, you know, in, in Spanish. And he found a little boy. I think he was like 11. And he said he'd read. He could read. And, and he said, okay. And they, they ministered, he ministered and somebody else was with him, ministered the gospel. And he got a commitment for him to read the village. He said, I'm going to come back. And... Uh, Long story short, they, he was in there. It's like a hut type of thing. It was a, not like a house that we have. But uh, he said, can I pray for you guys? It was just the, the mom and the two, two kids, this little boy and his sister. And they said, you know what? Uh, can you pray for our dad? And they took him to a back room. And uh, Mark prayed in tongues, real simple. He prayed in tongues, but he, he sensed Jesus. Guys, this is what it's about. You sense Jesus. We sense the presence of God today. You sense the presence when you read the word. Don't let it stop there. Glory to God. And whether you sense him or not, he will come. He sense Jesus. He just said a few words in tongues, but they are very powerful. He shared with me, we're in Eaton Park. It's like fire. It was like, I, I just prayed in tongues and I interpreted. He said, I break the chains in Jesus' name. Well, the guy yawns. Rolls over, he thinks, hey, he had a hard day at work. Uh, anyways, and here's what, exactly what he said. He said, mama and the two kids, their eyes got biggest saucers. He said, there's these huge tarantulas in this area. And he said, I might be a man of God, but I hate those things. He said, I took off. Well, it was about three weeks, three and a half weeks later, there's a, a doctor who had a helicopter. Took him back to that same place. And there's hundreds and hundreds of people there. And Mark just says, man, who's who's everybody here to see? And the guy said, well, obviously they're here to see you. He said, what are you talking about? He thought Mark was messing around. He said, you don't mess around with stuff like that. He said, that guy that you raised from the dead. He said, what guy did I raise from the dead? Well, they don't have funeral partners like we do. He didn't even know the guy was raised. The guy was dead that he prayed for. And the doctor said, you know, I pronounced that guy dead. He had an epileptic seizure, fell off a cliff. He was dead, Mark. Well, Jesus did a lot in that area. Why am I sharing that? It was the voice of Jesus. Someone says, well, that's neat that God did that through him. No, God does it through you. When you pray with the voice of Jesus, the Father's ears hear the voice of Jesus. Do you understand? The Word, the more you're in the Word, the more you speak with His voice. Woo! Le kadoso hate. The more you're in the Word, the more the Word gets in you, which is fire. And it causes you to speak with his voice. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Mm. All right. Let me just share some testimonies. And there's something God wants to share with us. There's a lady that uh, Norval Hayes, when he's ministering, uh, and 
someone gave this lady, she's a school teacher in Buffalo, and she had four-stage cancer. And uh, someone gave her some CDs, and she said, man, that's just crazy stuff. I'm not, you know, I go to a denominational church. I'm not into that stuff. But God began to speak to her. Because why? The word of God did touch her, right? And she said, okay. She began to listen to the CDs on healing. And she came to a place. See, the, the fire of God was burning up the religious deal. That, is it God's will or not? Burning up the unbelief. Burning up the lies. And she just said, you know what? I really believe in my heart that I'm healed. Well, she could, it took her, I've heard her testimony different times, over three hours, she had a real large uh, table in her dining room. It took her about three hours just taking little baby steps to, to go from one end to go, go around it. And she said, Lord, she said, we've been married. My husband and I have been married, I think, 10 years. And we've always wanted a child. And she said, I'm, she just went around the table confessing she was healed. And she said, I believe that I'm going to have a child. Long story short, they went down to Tennessee where he was based and had hands laid on her. And he basically said, continue to speak the word. Well, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen the same day. You know what I'm saying? But every day she did that for a while. And she just began to get stronger. And I believe it was, and I can't remember, I think it was at the end of like three weeks or so. She was healed. And within the next, the next month, she's pregnant. Someone says, well, I wish that could happen to me. It doesn't come by wishing. The fire of God gave her faith. The fire of his word gave her faith. And this is where we'll get into this, how we need the Holy Spirit so much. The fire of Holy Spirit helped her when it looked like it wasn't working to know what it, that it was. And I'll be honest with you, that's difficult and the natural. But see, here's the deal. It's not difficult in the spirit. Because we need to see that the fire is consuming. Whether it's the sickness, the familiar sin, this or that, it is consuming and imparting at the same time a double-edged sword. <clears throat> Glory to God. One of my favorite testimonies, it's, we have her testimony over there in the Glory to God on the side table. Amy Creasy Federer. Not Federer, I shouldn't have said that. Federer men. But, I think it's F-E-R-D-E-R Federer. Lady, she's nine years. Real precious young lady. Her, looks like she's pregnant. Her vertebrae is sticking out of her back. Can you imagine? Nine years. See, it's easy to give a testimony, but put yourself in her place. Nine years. Tremendous pain. She got married in the midst of this. Great guy speaking the word over her. Glory to God. And she's speaking the word. But she came to a place and said, God, 
I need breakthrough. And she heard the Holy Spirit say, I dare you for 30 days. Put everything aside. Morning, noon, night, just speak the scriptures I give you. And she said when she first started doing it, it didn't seem like anything was happening. Anything was happening. But she continued to do so. She just sensed Jesus working. Sensed Jesus working. At the end of the 30 days, she just sensed such a joy a knowingness that God was greater. She had a tumor, I believe it was 13 pounds, and they couldn't operate. I mean, she was a bad deal. She was in and out of the hospital many times. But see, she had a vision that when she was speaking, the enemy was being destroyed by the power of God, the fire of God. And at the end of 30 days, she called her husband and said, I know that I'm healed. And so she loosed her faith by having the elders in her church pray for her. They prayed for her, and she didn't feel any better. She walked back from that altar in as much pain as she was when she went down. But she wrote down in her little journal, today, the healing power of God totally has brought healing. Well, the next 14 days, she was just as bad as she ever was. And uh, the 14th day, she went to bed like she normal does, in pain, great pain. This is what I want to tell you, that she was thanking God. She was so, we're not talking about positive thinking. We're talking about the gospel. And see, I know it's easier said than done in the natural. Man, so she does the 30-day thing, and now two weeks after the 30-day thing, she's just as bad as ever before. It takes the Spirit of God. How many of you have figured out that you can't do anything on your own? Seriously. I mean, the counts. You know what I'm saying? Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Most people, I'm going to be very honest with you, that have faith, and their faith is working. Dig up their seed. Stop believing. Why? Because the Holy Spirit that has given them revelation, the Holy Spirit that has caused excitement, the Holy Spirit that's giving them a greater degree of knowingness in the Word. When the outward is speaking, we put our heads down rather than looking up. Again, we're not talking about positive deal. We're talking about the gospel. It takes Holy Spirit that enable you to continue, that enable you to continue to believe when it looks like it's getting worse rather than better. It takes Holy Spirit. It takes the spirit of fire to enable you to look up and say, you know what? I know, I know that this is working and victory is here. (sighs) 
again, when we're weak, we're strong. So she felt weak, felt like it wasn't working, but she, again, Holy Spirit and fire. Long story short, she woke up after 14 days. She went to bed not feeling any better. And great pain. And again, you know, we talk about these things, but man, when you're in the midst of it, wow. And she woke up. And her husband says, what happened to your body? She said, what are you talking about? Man, she lost, I believe it was nine inches in her waist. The 13-pound tumor had disappeared. Her vertebrae became straight and perfect. And one thing she prayed for as well, she said, in this condition, obviously we can't have kids. And she says, they would have three children after that. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about living in a way that the spirit realm, God is spirit, amen? He's fire. The word of God, John 6, 63, is spirit, right? Jeremiah 23, 29, it's fire, okay? Your spirit, all right, is fire. The word of God, again, spirit and fire. If you get anything today, you need to know you're a spirit being, image of God. And your spirit being a fire. That's why the word of fire can come into you. Because your spirit's a fire. So we enter into a place. Wow. That honestly, we enter into a place. Well, go with me to Philippians 1.28. Where we're not intimidated by the enemy. We enter into a place because we are in the spirit. We read that verse, Galatians 5.16, walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. And that's true. But when you walk in the spirit, even today in worship, when we worship God in spirit, right? Truth. When you're in the spirit, that's when you have victory on the earth. That's when, man, you reign on the earth. And no matter what the challenge is, no matter what the lie is, you're able to overcome it. Glory to God. Man, there's so much here. Philippians 1.28, nothing terrified by your enemy, which is to them an evident token of destruction, but to you of salvation and that of God. So we walk in a way that is supernatural. We walk in a way that causes you when you enter into your quiet time, man, you enter into the heavenlies. You enter into the spirit realm in a way that's amazing. 
You enter in where you're so intimate with Jesus. You enter in where the word is so real. It's what you live by. Can you live like this? Yes. Why? Because of what the gospel is. Of what the gospel is. It is a gospel of fire. Let, let me share this before we close. When we were doing worship, the Lord spoke to me something real simple. Jesus is fire. He's our provision. And this is what we're going to get into next week. It's going to be a little challenging because we're going to deal with issues, some issues. But when you're in your greatest need, the last thing you want to do is try to get God to do something for you. When we're in worship today, I feel like the Lord said, tell people today, maybe, maybe they have poor strange cancer. Maybe they're fighting condemnation. They're writing whatever it is. Just let me embrace them and let who I am Go into them. See, the woman with the issue of blood, right? She knew that Jesus had what she needed. She knew that she had access to what she had. Now, she's still obviously in the old covenant, but she knew that through the word of fire spoken to her. She touched him, right? And what was in him went into her. But we're in a place that's greater than her. She didn't have the Holy Spirit in her. What if, when we're in our quiet time, what if, when the Spirit of God and the corporate anointing, which we all need, is here at church, what if, rather than trying to get God either to come down or to rise up or do whatever, We say, God, I'm so close to you. I'm so close to you. And that's why we did the word of his love last Sunday. I am so close to you. I know you ever live to be my life. And I'm, something's missing in my body. Something's coming against me. I know what's in you. It's my provision. I know you're my provision. Just come and embrace me. I'm just going to by faith, just like John did at the Last Supper, just like it says in Deuteronomy when regarding the tribe of Benjamin, his blessing when Moses was giving out the blessing, was to be able to dwell between the shoulder blades of God. Benjamin means one born from the right hand. So that obviously that's us. 
I'm just going to put my head on your shoulder. I'm just going to ask you to embrace me like a little child. So contrary to religion. Remember when the little children were being brought by their parents just to be touched? Just like a little child. I just want you to touch me. I want you to embrace me. I'm going to put my head on your shoulder. And I receive. This is spirit to spirit. That what's in you is going to flow to me. We're already joined the Holy Spirit. He was joined to the Lord as one spirit with him. But Holy Spirit, just embrace my spirit. We have koinonia one with another. Just embrace my spirit. Let the glory go into my spirit. Let it flow to my mind. Let it flow to my emotions. Let it flow to my body. I'm just going to let you embrace me. What if we did? Your specific need you had, again, it could be a hundred things. What if you did that 30 minutes every day? I tell you what, I, would, I believe would be a whole spirit, stone body. Something might come to light. He says, hey, you need to deal with this. But most of all, What's going to come to light is that his life, because you're a joint heir with Jesus, is your life. You're a joint heir with Jesus. What, what are you a joint heir to? Well, one of the things you're a joint heir to is the Father's heart. I believe that's wisdom. I'm all for quoting, and you can do that while he's embracing you, thanking him for the scriptures. But what you're thanking him for, that it's already done. The kingdom of heaven is here. What you're thanking him for, see, is the greatest miracle, is the God of the universe is your father. Your sa- the God of the universe is your savior. The God of the universe is your koinonia love, Holy Spirit. That's a miracle. And whether it's really great times, when you want to go higher, man, when, when you got rain, ask for more rain. Or whether it's a difficult time. The greatest thing there is is to be embraced by God. That's where I look at more in depth. But right now, if you're listening to my voice right now, I had a sense that in the beginning we shared words of knowledge. The enemy's trying to make it so difficult. If you're going to win, you have to win from the root up. The root of victory is your intimacy with Jesus, to know his heart. To know him. Experience his embrace. That's where the power of resurrection is. We just lose to you right now. That reality to you. And just say this in Jesus' name. Say in Jesus' name, Father. 
I receive that as your child I qualify to be embraced. By your heart, your love, your being. And in that embrace, I receive. The enemy cannot stand it. And is consumed. And your life becomes mine. (sighs) Glory to God. Glory to God. Wisdom. I want to encourage you. Will you do that? Maybe start at ten, five minutes, ten minutes. It's okay. But can you do that? Can you do it? It's awesome to quote the word. But never quote the word without seeing his face. How about this? Never quote the word without being embraced. If when she touched him, his virtue flowed. Man, he's longing, right, for this reality. It's the fire. It's the fire of his love, his passion, manifesting to us, through us and for us. And when that happens, I guarantee you, you'll share the gospel. But you'll share it in the face of Jesus Christ, in the embrace of God. Amen? Not legalistically, not rotely. I'm all for the four spiritual laws, but man, you can share that like you share a mathematical equation. You share it in the reality of the embrace of God. I tell you, I, I, Jesus, I just sense the Lord real strong. I come with words of knowledge. I heard the name Diane. I heard the name Lima. I don't know if that's a place. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I heard that word. But I just sense Jesus right now. Can you stand up with me?